Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, animal lovers, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I'm delighted you've tuned in on KJAZ 88.1 FM. You may remember that we've addressed the issue of military dogs in the past. Now, I had always thought that military dogs were considered personnel, just like their human counterparts, afforded all the same honor and benefits after a lifetime of service and retirement. But I was really disappointed to find out a few years back that this wasn't the case at all. And the American Humane Association has been working to change this for some time, and they're actually making pretty good progress. To update us on the status of our honored military canines, Robin Gansert, the president of the American Humane Association, will be checking in shortly to give us an in-depth report. And after our halftime break, Maria Dales from German Shepherd Rescue of Orange County has a great story to tell about how competing in a beauty pageant has raised money for homeless pets. And believe me, if anyone can win a beauty pageant, it's Maria, who is one of the most beautiful people I know inside and out. So stay right where you are, and we'll tackle all of these topics after a very quick message from the station here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Murray Hewitt, and I am so happy that our friend and president of the American Humane Association is joining us now. It's Robin Gansert. Good morning, Robin. How are you? Oh, Murray, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, I am doing very well, and I'm so happy you were able to, to stop by the show today because I have some questions about military canines, and I'm hoping you can answer them because I, I was under the impression that a year or so ago that they were reclassified, but I guess I must have misunderstood what was going on because now I'm hearing that they're <laughs> still considered just property and military surplus. Well, you know what is so interesting is last year we all celebrated a victory that the Air Force was doing the right thing by these warrior dogs, these canines that are serving our country so proudly side by side with our our, our military. Uh, they stepped up last year and agreed to reclassify the dogs, something other than the word equipment. And we encourage the Air Force to continue that work. They are in the process of doing that, changing their manuals, but their work's not quite done yet. The final manuals are not out there, and so we're anxiously awaiting what they're going to call these hero dogs. Uh, And uh, we know that they didn't make that commitment, though, to get away from that term equipment. Well, that's good, but is it only the Air Force? Well, you know, the Air Force is responsible for a lot of the dogs that are serving in the military through Lackland. Uh, their Air Force base there is where the handler community is really centered in. But, you know, there's two different types of working dogs that serve our military. There's what's called military working dogs, and then there's contract working dogs. 
In fact, uh, contract working dogs up until recently served right alongside our Marines Mm -hmm. in Afghanistan and Iraq. And those were dogs owned by private companies, not our military. And they're contracted through the government, you know, contracting model to, uh, to bring those dogs in to help serve. So it's very interesting because the Department of Defense and the National Defense Authorization Act of last year mm-hmm. had a couple of great caveats for military working dogs. But again, contract working dogs simply haven't been afforded any of those same benefits, at least not yet mandated by our government and the government services contracting model. So what happens when a handler's tour of duty is over? Is the dog just left behind? You know, when a handler's tour of duty is over, the dog is often reassigned to another handler. You know, multiple handlers work with these dogs over the dog's life. And then what happens is when the dog is ready to retire, two different things happen. One is if they're a contract working dog, often they're not given a retirement. They've got such great skills that law enforcement departments around the country want them. You know, other different types of security firms want them. So those dogs might be, despite the fact they've earned a retirement from the military, might be contracted out or sold to various departments uh, with security needs. Military working dogs can can be retired overseas, can be retired and adopted in a local community, wherever their base is. Mm-hmm. And what we were all about last week is we were presenting this very important fact to members of Congress. Because if a dog isn't retired on U.S. soil, he can't be brought back on military transport. He becomes a civilian and loses that opportunity to actually be re- reunited with his former soldier handler. And do a lot of the handlers want these dogs that they've worked with? The list is a mile long. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's a mile long. These handlers love these dogs. And even even handlers of these contract working dogs. I, I spent so much time last week with Sergeant Dino Miller. Dino served our country proudly in the Marines. Mm-hmm. And when he was in Afghanistan, he served alongside Thor. Now, military working dog, contract working dog, Thor, an amazing, beautiful, beautiful dog. And their missions were to sniff out IEDs and weapon caches. They did great work together. And then when Sergeant Miller's tour of duty was over, he had to put Thor in a kennel and go home. And he shared how he shed so many tears. He said his, his comrades were all so excited they were going to go home, see girlfriends, have a great time. And he said, all I wanted was my dog. Yeah. Because that dog became his dog in that tour of duty. They were isolated in the most unimaginable circumstances in Afghanistan. And Sergeant Miller and Thor had that incredible power of the bond. They love each other. So we were really proud. American Humane Association was really proud to be able to help reunite Thor and Dino Miller three years after (laughs) Sergeant Miller returned to this country. He's now out of the Marines, a veteran of of Afghanistan. And just just six weeks ago, we reunited Thor and Sergeant Miller. Did you get some video of that? We did. We did. It's so powerful. I'll have to send you some links. And not only did we reunite beautiful 
Thor with Sergeant Miller re- reunited Sela. Sela is beautiful, beautiful dog, and she served alongside Sergeant Jason Bost with the Army. Okay. Now, Staff Sergeant Bost, same sort of thing. He had a, you know, uh, had to leave his tour of duties in Iraq and Afghanistan. Couldn't take Sela home. She wasn't up for retirement. Wow. So when she finally was up for retirement, we were so thrilled to be able to pay for her transport back home and mm-hmm. back to the home, the forever loving home of Sergeant Boss. Now, you mentioned that there's a list a mile long of people who want their canine uh, companions who served with them overseas to, to come and be with them. How can we make more of these reuniting stories happen? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. You know, uh, we've asked Congress simply to work with the Department of Defense, Defense to mandate. You know, the Authorization Act says that the Department of Defense, the military, may transport the dog home. Once again, may if mm-hmm. they're not already retired overseas. Mm-hmm. It's much easier to retire the dog overseas and not bring him back on military transport. And we are saying mandate it. Either change the Defense Authorization Act to say mandate that the dog must be retired on U.S. soil. And what that allows is it really greatly reduces the cost. If the dogs are brought back to our country, then charities like mine, American Humane Association, would not have to bear as much cost to transport the dog from Texas to Michigan or Mm -hmm. Texas to Ohio, wherever the soldier, the veteran, is based. We're happy to make those trips. Right now, we're bringing those dogs home from Germany. We're bringing them home from wherever they are. And there are already military transits that are making the trip and probably have space. They sure do. They make those trips every single day. So we just simply said mandate that these dogs get retired on U.S. soil. So as a member of the military, they can take that free military transport on home. And the second thing, too, is simply take away the difference between military working dogs and contract working dogs. These are dogs trained the same way, mm-hmm. doing great work, serving alongside our Army and our Marines and our Special Forces, despite where they're owned, where they're hired from. Let's break down any distinctions between the two and mandate that they both get retired on U.S. soil and handlers get the first opportunity to adopt. And I think that's what we're all about is giving their battle buddies back home and getting those battle buddies reunited. Absolutely. And I know for a lot of people, a lot of veterans in particular, who may be having a certain amount of uh, PTSD, having their best friend canine by their side is tremendous medicine. And and it's it's not only just having a canine companion, but having that same companion that you went through so much with while you were serving in your tour of duty. Sergeant Harrington was with us last week when we were on the hill with, with his dog, Reiki. Reiki suffers from PTS, as well as does Sergeant Harrington. Wow. So to have them both together being able to really deal with the ravages of having served in Iraq. It's powerful, and they both understand each other. You know, we all, us animal lovers, we get it. We know the power of the bond, and uh, now we just have to, to allow for those bonds never to be broken. 
Are you finding that there's a lot of resistance to this idea when you're you're making your efforts in Washington? I don't. I visited with a senator just at the uh, after our briefing. I visited with several uh, members of uh, of the House. They were all like, "What can we do?" I said, "It's very simple. Take the word may out and say must." You know, it's all about the wording, and then add a sentence that says, "Contract working dogs will be afforded." the same benefits as military working dogs. And so the next do we thing, think you know, this is going to happen in the near future? I hope so. I hope so. We'll be back on the Hill in the next few months, meeting with individual members as they go through the Defense Authorization Act for the next year. We're going to be there side by side advocating for that. What We're can also- our listeners do? Because we only have about a minute, so I want to make sure I can get our listeners involved. What can they do to help your progress? Well, they can certainly write their member of Congress and say to join forces with American Humane to change the language with regards to military working dogs and contract working dogs. Do you have something on your website that can help lead them in the right direction? Absolutely. Uh, Visit AmericanHumane.org, and we'll have all the details there for your listeners to join our cause. Robin, I am always in awe of the work you and the American Humane Association are involved with, and I expect that the outcome that we're all hoping for with regards to military canines becomes a reality very soon. So thanks for fighting the good fight on behalf of all the animals out there. Thank you, Marie, so much. We need to take a very quick break now, but when we return, find out what a beauty pageant and German Shepherd Rescue have in common as we talk with Maria Dales here on The Pet Place on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show, and with me now is the beautiful Maria Dales, who has recently competed in a very special pageant. Good morning, Maria. How are you? Good morning, Marie. You're so silly. I can't (laughs) believe you're saying that. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Um, Unbeknownst to me, one of my colleagues nominated me for a inner beauty contest. It was um, different individuals from around the com- country, you know, were being judged based on their good acts, I guess, and their 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 good deeds. And fortunately, um, things are looking pretty good for German Shepherd Rescue because if uh, if I take the crown, so to speak, then our rescue <laughs> will receive five thousand so, dollars. Oh, that's amazing! So it's been it's been fun. It's a voting contest online, and the polls are now closed. But we were in the lead at, at the at the closing bell. So I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that uh, we may be bringing home a nice big prize Woo-hoo. in the beauty contest. <laughs> so that'll be on my resume next after animal rescuing. Are you practicing your beauty queen way? Oh, gosh. Is that like my um, my uh, obedience training uh, snap? Is that the same thing? <laughs> Not quite. But it's it's exciting and it's fun and it was really nice to get um, acknowledged by, you know, fellow animal lovers. So we'll 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 keep you posted on that. Okay, okay. okay. And are you going to post that on your website, your of official website? Of course. Uh, very good. And that is www.gsroc.org. German Shepherd Rescue, Orange County. Right. And right now we have, gosh, Marie, we have about 80 dogs in our care, all beautiful yeah. shepherds looking for new starts. 
and I think we've talked about it before, but they come to us from all all different situations, whether it be, you know, found as strays, picked up on bike trails, or something unfortunate happening in the family. You know, let's say there was a death or, you know, something unfortunate happened. The family lost their home and had moved in with relatives and so on. So we get them for many reasons, none of which are the fault of the beautiful animals. Absolutely. And a lot of these animals, too, that you get have health issues that need to be addressed, and you take care of all of those. We sure do. We sure do. We get a lot of, um, you know, hit by a car, or maybe somebody couldn't afford to care for ear infections that were chronic. And, yeah, we're we're fortunate to have good supporters and many, many volunteers who help uh, get the dogs back on all four feet, so to speak, and, and you know, really vet them well and, and start them on their new lives. You really do have a very, very successful rescue operation, and I am always amazed at at the things that you can accomplish. What what is your background that was able to help you make such a really successful rescue organization? Well, thank you first for that nice nice compliment. You know, I came through through corporate America, and uh, you know, worked my way up through the ranks. I do have a marketing and PR background. So I would say that really, really helps a lot. A lot of rescuers have great hearts and great, great ideas and, and very, you know, compassionate beliefs, but they don't know how to translate that into opportunities for people to support them, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, how to encourage the, the caliber of volunteers that you want to bring on board. So mm-hmm. it, it has helped me a great deal to have uh, a public relations background. But, you know, running a successful rescue is like running any successful business. There have to be rules, regulations, guidelines, standards, and a lot of people don't understand that, you know. They just want to do good things, which is admirable, but you have to have some some understandings among um, your crew members. So that's that's what I credit it to, and wonderful people. Absolutely, course. and you definitely have a wealth of wonderful people that work at GSROC. Thank you. It's, it's every great. event I've been to yeah. where your volunteers <laughs> have been. I have been so impressed by everybody there. They're always so friendly, happy oh, yeah. to answer questions, and Thank enthusiastic. You. I think I even saw somebody walking around in a German Shepherd out- outfit in you like did. ninety you degree weather. So we we go the full. <laughs> The full mile for our dogs, let me tell you. That was a hot day, but we had a great, good sport that was willing to don a big, furry German <laughs> Shepherd mascot con- costume, and the children just loved it. Love, Aww. love, loved it. So it was it was a good way for them to see that German Shepherds aren't so scary. Let's yeah, put it that yeah, they are so. really fabulous dogs. And, and I know that when my kids were little and I had a German Shepherd, I actually had two, one German Shepherd when my first batch of kids was little, <laughs> and one German Shepherd when my youngest daughter was little, and, and they were as gentle and as sweet as you could possibly imagine, and they were like worried parents all the right. time. <laughs> well, that's exact, we call them nannies. Yeah. They're very good nannies. Now, it's all about the match. You know, there are dogs that are high-drive, working-line shepherds that probably wouldn't be such a good match for a young family mm-hmm. or for an apartment for that matter. But there are dogs that just have an innate sense that they want to look after children and, you know, just just kind of shepherd, if you will, yeah. their families. So it, it's all about when you're working with any rescue, I would say, you know, make them aware of your needs, requirements, experience, and lifestyle. Don't just say, I love that beautiful dog. Right. You know, you need the right match. And, and you try and help be a matchmaker, too. Yes, absolutely. That's the key to good success. 
Okay. We have many, many people, Marie, that come in and say, oh, I had a shepherd when I was a kid, and I he looked just like that one, and that's the one I want. And mm-hmm. I have to very, you know, gently tell them that's not a good way to choose a dog. Just because it looks like the dog that your parents raised mm-hmm. doesn't mean it will be the right choice for your family because okay. of its looks. You know, all dogs are, are different, just like people. Does so, that ever lead to hard feelings and people getting angry? Um. Not if it's explained well, but I think that we all need to remember it's what's inside the dog, not what's outside that's mm-hmm. important, you mm-hmm. know. So we do have some people that want what they want, and it's adopting a dog is not like purchasing a car or a, a T-shirt or something. It's, it's really bringing a, a new life into your family that you're going to be with for the next, hopefully, 10, 11, 12 years. So there's, there's definitely a process. And I love your Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank I mean, you. I never get tired of looking at all the posts that I you put know. up there. We have some clever people, don't we? Absolutely. Well, I'll give you a little sneak peek. We're starting a series. I don't know if it will be daily or if it will be weekly. It's called The Strays of Our Lives. <laughs> so there will be episodes of The Strays of Our Lives on our <laughs> Facebook page. So you can look forward to that. Awesome. Very awesome. And your photographers are so good at capturing just the sweetest portrait shots of all of the dogs that you have available. And and are you the one who writes sets of little stories that go with them? Sometimes I try to when I can. Yeah, I try to. It's it's fun. But that goes back to, Marie, you know, when you get volunteers, you put them where their skills are best matched. And we have people that, gosh, they would, they would love to be hands-on with the dogs, but they don't have, you know, the, the strength or the acumen or the, you know, expertise, but they're great photographers, mm-hmm. so they can help out in that way. Likewise, um, younger people, we can only accept volunteers over 18 due to mm-hmm. insurance reasons, but they're marvelous social networkers. They're okay. marvelous, you know, so they can they can help in that way. So I guess another reason that German Shepherd Rescue of Orange County is so successful is you don't feel like you have to micromanage everything. You can delegate. That's true. But, you know, <laughs> don't forget we're 18, 19 years old, and it, it started with one dog and, you know, just being diligent and building slowly. It's, it doesn't start with 12 dogs and jumping in, you know, both feet. So we, we did build our, our core team over the years. And yes, we have captains on various teams. We have a walking team. We have a Facebook team. We have fundraisers. We have bathers. So people can find their individual niche, but that takes time to grow a rescue into that, you know, into that seasoned okay. um, seasoned state. So. Which, which German Shepherd of Rescue of Orange County definitely is very seasoned at this point. (laughs) And you have a beautiful website, too. And let's remind everybody how they can find that website. Sure. It's www.gsroc.org. That's German Shepherd Rescue Orange County.org. And I often get asked if we're affiliated with other German Shepherd Rescues. You know, they're sort of like sister organizations, but we all operate differently and separately. Okay. Um, you know, our fundraising is separate and our adoptions are separate. But, you know, we we try to we try to help each other out when we can. That's good. I like it when rescue organizations work together that way. Because you might be able to take a dog that another organization can't take and vice versa. So. It's all about timing. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Can I tell you about something kind of fun that's coming up in the future? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Well, we, um, as you know, we try to come up with unique fundraising ideas, and it, it does cost quite a bit of money to support 80 uh, rescued dogs, so we're always looking for 
supporters, um, people doing garage sales, people doing fundraisers, you know, people sponsoring dogs. But we do have a nice event coming up. It is August 17th, and it is an anesthesia-free pet dental clinic. And this is people, anybody, doesn't have to be a shepherd, can bring their dogs to our vet's office on August 17th uh, by appointment from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And they do a full cleaning. There's no uh, administration of anesthesia. The dogs are just, you know, calmly attended to by uh, skilled professionals. Mm -hmm. The fee is $95. Okay. which is much, much less than you would pay, you know, at a at a non-sponsored clinic. And a portion of that $95 goes back to sponsor our shepherds. So oh, it's been awesome. very successful for us. It is in Tustin on El Camino Real. And if you'd like more information about that, they can go to our website uh, on our events page. It's the Anesthesia Free Dental Clinic, and it's on August 17th. That's a Sunday from 10 to 3. Okay, and it's the El Camino Real Veterinary Clinic? It's called Tostana Animal Hospital. Okay. And they're welcome to call there as well. Tostana Animal Hospital, 714-633-4821. But there's a good, simple link on our website that might might be the quickest way. Tostana Animal Hospital, Sunday, August 17th, anesthesia-free pet dental clinic. And it's $95, so... It's a good deal for everybody, and the pets leave there smiling and unstressed. Wow. That sounds very, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So we're always looking for ways to to help animals and and to help our own shepherds. So we we welcome new ideas and new faces. And, you know, people like to come out and walk dogs. They can sign on to volunteer for our training classes. Um, Or they can enter you in another beauty uh, contest. (laughs) And win five thousand dollars for German Shepherd Rescue. Yeah, there you go. Maybe not so much. That was <laughs> it was pretty funny to put on my own Facebook page. Well, I never thought I'd be saying this, but I'm in a beauty contest. <laughs> well, you deserve the spotlight, so congratulations, thank beautiful. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> we uh, need to take one last break now, but don't go away because we'll be right back with Pet Place News and Events here on K Jazz eighty eight point one FM. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. On Saturday, August 16th, from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Marine Stadium Park, located at 5225 East Paoli Way in Long Beach, head on over to Scart's ninth Annual Pet Fair in the Park. The Pet Fair has something for everyone, with two legs or four Spectacular attractions such as the Hanna-Barbera Shaky Quakey Trailer, Owner and Dog Lookalike Contest, Pet First Aid Demonstrations, Educational Programs on Family and Pet Disaster Preparedness, Adoptable Pets, Product Giveaways, Raffles, Vaccines, Low-Cost Microchipping, Lots of Food, Fun, and Everything You Can Imagine Else. 
So come on down and check out www.scart.us for more information. And don't forget to check out our website at www.petplace.org to send us your comments or suggestions for the show and see what other fun animal-related activities there are on the Pet Place calendar. You can also visit us on Facebook. Just add backslash Pet Place Radio after Facebook.com. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend with more of The Pet Place here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewitt. Please spay or neuter your pets and have a wonderful day. Thank you.